everybody, and welcome to another very special episode of Ignite Radio Live. Very blessed to be with you in the studios. You're with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. The one, the only, the awesome Annunciation Radio. This is an episode? This is an episode. We are live in the studios, and folks, I'm going to give you the number right out of the gate so you can write it down, because once I tell you what it's about, you're just going to rush to the phone with that evangelical fervor. Amen. Let's preach it, people. To share with us. 877-275-8098. 877-275-8098. Very blessed to have one guest in the studio. We'll keep you suspended in suspense. Um, <laughs> I like that suspended phrase. Suspended in and both. Yes. Suspended in suspense. And in suspense. That means extra. And others will be calling in too, right, brothers? We just got off a good meeting and uh, some brothers told me they're going to call in. And uh, before we go further, a commercial. How many of us uh, have been excited maybe about a movie that we know is we know is coming up? Like I particularly remember having read Lord of the Rings as a child. My brothers and I, five brothers, my sister, you know, talked about them as kids. It, it filled our hearts and our minds with wonder, with fantasy, with magic, and certainly cosmology. I like that word. Tolkien's, you know, connecting us to the, the, the shape of faith in that story, weaving into it. Um, anyways, so excited we were as adults many decades later to see the movies come out. Eager anticipation together as brothers to go see this many, many years later and looking forward to it. And uh, I want you to connect with whatever that story may be for you. Maybe it's a concert. Maybe it's a movie. Maybe it's a Super Bowl. Maybe whatever your favorite, pick your favorite team. Think about why are you looking forward to it? And what do you hope after it's done that it has done for you? What effect has it had on your life? So I want to connect that and invite you right now to join us this Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday evenings for Parish Ignition. It's a three-night awesome journey deeper into the very life of Christ. And by going deeper into the life of Christ, you've heard us say this, the empty, fill, and overflow movements of Jesus Christ. We discover more fully that journey, that drama in our own lives, that we ourselves are living by God's design. Whether you're an atheist, agnostic, Buddhist, Muslim, Jewish, whatever you are, Catholicism, Christianity is the full portrait of this life in Christ of the human person, of empty fill and overflow. And uh, so we're going to be journeying deeper in that um, in this three-night parish mission at Holy Trinity out in Assumption. Um, and you get to go for free if you register in the next 24 hours. Absolutely free. Dinner is Sunday night. And the next two nights, of course, without dinner, but the program continues each night. Empty Sunday, then we focus on being, so we can be filled, right, with God's grace on Monday. So much so that it overflows. Second chapter of Acts, that we're so alive in God's grace. We're overcoming those barriers, those fears, those hurdles. It's more than just ethics or a good thing. But that grace alive within us moves us to want to proclaim what God desires for every human person. The answer to every challenge every struggle so where do you, where can you go to sign up i'm glad you asked go to ignite holy trinity dot eventbrite dot com ignite holy trinity dot eventbrite dot com join us for parish ignition three night parish event at uh, holy trinity in assumption and those dates are october 2nd october 3rd and october 4th Awesome. So I'm going to set up tonight, uh, folks, again, by giving you the number, certainly, 877-275-8098, by telling you about my brother, Barry. 
Now, those of you, you who know me, I like Barry? Brother Barry. I have a new Brother Barry. I just tell discovered a Brother Barry. Tell me about your new <laughs> Thank Brother Thank you for Barry. asking. So we were at a great dinner tonight, a uh, conversation with some good mission brothers talking about mass impact and how we can further advance Christ's heart alive in families and parishes. And I had to get gas because Stephanie and I are going to be going to Lansing, pray for us. Um, had to get some gas, and uh, um, tomorrow we're doing that. And um, at the filling station, I saw a, a gentleman, and I said, uh, just not thinking, my mind was spinning. I said, good morning. And he gave me a funny look. He said, good morning. I said, you know, it's been a long day. So he goes, yeah, it sure has. But he says, brother, you know, it's the end of the day. You know, you can go home and et cetera, et cetera. I said, well, I wish I could, but I get to do one other thing at the end of this night. I get to uh, proclaim Jesus. I get to talk about faith. I get to, you know, proclaim him. I, those words came out of my mouth. And he lit up and he said, really? What radio station? So I got my gas thing going and I did what you shouldn't do. I let it kind of serve itself. Well, I went over to him shame, and shame, uh, talked about shame. faith. And, you know, and, and I said, what can I pray for you for? What's your name? Barry. Hi, my name is Greg. And I said, Barry, what can you pray for? And he lit up even brighter. And he said, you're a believer. He said, you know, I, I, you know, I love Jesus. And, you know, I want to live for Jesus. We don't talk enough about Jesus. And he thought a bit about what he wanted me to pray for him for. And he said this, I want to be thicker in the word. I want to be thicker in, my, awesome. w- thicker in my witness. And what he meant by that is, you know, I talk a lot about faith or I share easily, but I want to communicate things of substance, things of meaning. I want to be deeper in the word of God. So this all happened at a filling station. And it was so awesome that he and I right there uh, forged this simple, quick uh, depth of connection. So Barry, if you're listening right now, God bless you. We both agreed at the end that we were a blessing to each other in those few moments. And in that simple way, you know, an occasion of encouragement to one another by a little bit of risk. And so I want to set that up tonight by um, addressing, opening the door to thinking about God's desire to claim the entire world for himself through us. I'll say that again. God's desire to claim the entire world for his kingdom to come through us. And to set that up, I want to read from Gaudium et Spes, which is one of the documents in uh, the Second Vatican Council. Quote, one of the greatest Gravest errors of our time is the dichotomy between the faith which many profess and the practice in their daily lives. Dichotomy between the faith we profess and the practice in our daily lives. And it goes on to, it goes on to say, The Christian who shirks his temporal duties, shirks his duties towards his neighbor, neglects God himself, and endangers his eternal salvation. Let Christians follow the example of Christ, who worked as a craftsman. Let them be proud of the opportunity to carry out their earthly activity in such a way as to integrate human, domestic, professional, scientific, and technical enterprises with religious values, under whose supreme direction all things are ordered to the glory of God. So there's a lot in there. But what is the message? The very first sentence, we can profess our faith. We can talk about our faith. We can sit in the easy places in our churches on Sunday, the 25% of us that still go to church as Catholics, where it's comfortable and it's easy. The big challenge to us in this is, brothers and sisters, are we praying about the courage and the grace and the words uh, and the qualities to bring it out there in the world and especially in the workplaces? So here is what I'm going to ask you folks to think about and call in. Who is somebody that inspires you and has inspired you to live it out in the secular world, in your job, in your school? Who is somebody that you've seen do this exceptionally that has made a kind of impact on you 
that has given you courage to do the same and what difference has it made in your life? So we're going to call this Levin in the World. Okay, so the number 877-275-8098, 877-275-8098. We want to hear from you who has inspired you to live it out in the world and to take those steps, especially uh, in your businesses or if you're still in school as a student, you know, in, in, uh, in school. And with no further ado, we're going to invite one of our brothers who's here in the studio. He, I, he reluctantly, actually very joyously answered, not knowing what he's getting into. <laughs> but I, I asked him uh, no more than an hour and a half ago to join us, and he decided to... Uh, Blessed he joins us in the studio. So how are you doing tonight, Terry? Uh, very good. Thanks, Greg. And uh, actually, I thought I was coming here to work the uh, share <laughs> Deacon Mike wouldn't mind. We can start early. <laughs> and, and when I found out uh, that wasn't the case, I thought about maybe uh, sidetracking and maybe just being a call-in. And then I remembered your incredible wife was going to be here. Indeed. Aww. Yes. Yeah. Worth, worth it alone. So. <laughs> Absolutely. God bless you, Terry. Absolutely. So, we're, Terry, we've been blessed to know you for a while. We've been blessed mm. to, to, to weave into your story this one story, really, of Christ alive is working it out, right? And I think it's been probably a couple years now um, we've been uh, together for our monthly Catholic family gatherings and ignites and um, that whole experience. Your family's a little older than ours. And uh, maybe before we go there to the question of, you know, who has inspired you, you know, maybe just share with us, you know, how have you been impacted, um, you know, if you will, through mass impact and things like this? Uh, well, our family uh, has certainly benefited from the, the live it guide who or which came to us through you know this ministry of mass impact and um it's not the easiest thing uh in terms of scheduling it's a very easy simple wonderful experience um once you get started and uh but it's just making the time and making the commitment and uh, the fruits of of interacting with your family members in a way that we typically hadn't uh, in any consistent fashion, uh, where prayer historically comes at times of need, distress, uh, Thanksgiving, and, and things like that, but uh, not so much in you know the daily interactions. So uh, it's it's been a huge uh, blessing for us, and and I'm sure it will continue to be. Awesome. And of course, as he's saying that, Stephanie, you're probably thinking what I'm thinking. We feel the same way about you. Mm-hmm. And such is the nature of just doing this, right? You get together, you start talking about uh, significant questions. What's a victory? What's a challenge? Affirmations. And before you know it, you know, our hearts become soft. We start talking about meaningful things in our lives. We resonate with one another. You're blessed by us. We're blessed by you. And, uh, you know, I just want to, didn't expect you necessarily, that you, thanks for the beautiful testimony, but just to give encouragement to people out there that your family members are a gift meant to be unpacked, but you got to take the time to unpack them. You got to take the time to have the meaningful kinds of conversations that open those doors. And so another commercial, go to massimpact.us. New every week, a new Live It Gathering Guide. It's very simple uh, in terms of questions you can ask or even look at the readings, which are based upon this Sunday's readings. And if you've never done it, maybe you've heard us say this again and again, and it sounds again like this uh, Gaudi Met Spes thing. Maybe it's something you know to be true. It's at a professional level. You know it's a good thing. You know, God calls us to do it, but maybe just short of that other part of actually practicing it. In fact, let me ask you, Terry, what hurdles specific, if you can recall, stood in the way of actually doing it and what got you over the hurdles to actually do it the first time? I think it's 
for us, it was something we hadn't done, you know, but it was nice to have a, the example that you guys provided. As you mentioned, we've been having the monthly uh, gatherings at your house. Um, so we had a model, but it, it's still a little bit different when you sit down and say, okay, we're going to do this. And um, But certainly the guide makes it easy. Uh, it's um, easy to customize for yourself. But then I think the, the struggle comes in really setting aside the time and not just doing it when you can and uh that's something we still struggle with even though there's just three of us at home now the the older four kids are all gone out to beautiful Lori and beautiful cassidy yes uh yes um (laughs) cassidy's probably jealous uh that i'm on the radio and she's not so that's that's (laughs) another incentive for being here (laughs) (laughs) you got a shout out though cassidy yay no, thanks for that. Um, Terry, as we were talking about this, shifting back to, uh, and I appreciate that, and just to get encouragement, God wants us to be united, brothers and sisters, in this journey of becoming a holy community, a holy community that shares our lives, that talks and prays, and we got to make the time to do that. It doesn't just happen, and when we do, the grace that happens, whether it be with my brother Barry, or uh, for a while now with Terry, or even in our homes with my wife here, Stephanie. I don't um, rhyme, though. Terry, Barry, and Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie. There you go. <laughs> so, folks, um, yeah, again, I want but you to I think about... But I am the one that you did marry. That's oh. nice. <laughs> Shakespeare is in the house. Um, so, you know, Terry, as I was speaking about that, about, you know, a call to be leaven in the world, I think we can all acknowledge, especially as Catholics, we're very rich in concept. We're rich in knowing these truths. We're rich in understanding, right, that this is what God asks of us. But would you agree that there's kind of a chasm between knowing it and nodding our heads and going to retreats and actually living it out in the world? And maybe who has been an inspiration for you in uh, taking steps and living it out and being leaven in the world? There's uh, a few examples, Greg, and and I'll save the best for last, but um, I think as it relates to the workplace, uh, certainly Deacon Mike and and his wife Chris with the radio station, um, there's nothing Mm. more inspiring to me to turn on Annunciation Radio on the drive to work and hear the good news and and hear, uh, you know, the gospel, and uh, that, I think, opens up the heart and the mind to in the sensitivity for opportunities at work and in other times in the day and uh, i'm right. by no means an expert at, at doing any of that but it's certainly an inspiration to me and it's certainly uh, obviously the folks here at annunciation radio that's an awesome reminder terry of the power of the radio being on on your way to anywhere in particular to work because who knows how the lord will use that and i like that image of softening your own heart right like the lord preparing you for what you know he has in store for the day absolutely um i guess i'll share a story about uh, a friend of mine um when I was working out in Archibald, Ohio, at a uh, large manufacturer uh, of furniture for a number of years, and um, amongst uh, uh, mostly our, our Mennonite brothers and sisters, um, but there is a Catholic parish there, and um, a couple friends from uh, work uh, where we went to church, and uh, this one gentleman, uh, Tim Dominic, just a tremendous individual. He's he's passed. Um, several years now but uh just a wonderful wife uh, jane and their their six children uh, two sets of twins um but tim um frequently i'd ask him to go to lunch from time mm-hmm. to time and he's like ah you know 
can't do it. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, why are you always blowing me off for lunch, you know? And, uh, you know, we'd go to trade shows together and, do, you know, do some things and see each other in town. It's obviously a small town, Archibald, Ohio. Uh, but then one day I, I came to learn that uh, every day on his lunch hour, Tim had a, uh, a friend, an elderly gentleman, that he would go and visit mm-hmm. in the nursing home. And um, it was just, uh, you know... He didn't necessarily tell me that, or maybe I kind of beat it out of him, you know, because, you know. <laughs> right, well, right. That's the kind of guy yeah. you are. What's yeah. wrong no, with no, me? Why would you you know. Um, and, uh, but anyways, I, it, once I found that out, um, it's just something that I remembered, and it's, it's kind of stuck with me. And uh, certainly it was a way of, of bringing um, his faith um, into the work day and where he would set aside and dedicate, you know, uh, that time um, to uh, uh, be Jesus to this individual, mm-hmm. I'm sure. And, and I'm sure image. Tim probably saw Jesus in this gentleman mm-hmm. um, who I didn't know. Um, but but uh, that that's something uh, that I find inspirational. And I guess it kind of leads to uh, another story, not the best one yet, or the best example. But... Um, uh, talking about lunch hours and so forth, uh, I have the pleasure of working with you know a, a young gentleman, and and oftentimes we're asking our, so I'm asking, hey, so what do you got for lunch today? Where are you going? And you know, uh, so we we do that. Sometimes I go out for lunch, and sometimes I'll go to Mass downtown at uh, St. Francis, and and one day I came back. He said, hey, so what do you got? And you know, he had Kentucky Fried Chicken or something like that. And uh, he said, so uh, what'd you do for lunch? Or what do you got for lunch? I said, well, I had the bread of life today. And he's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like <laughs> what? <laughs> right. what? Right. I said, oh, I had the bread of life. And he goes, oh, yeah. He said, you know. Is that a hamburger? Is that what? Is <laughs> no, that no, no, no. He said, Reuben? A <laughs> vegan. A vegan. <laughs> no, but he said, uh, yeah, he said, yeah, I, I never quite understood that about Catholics, you know. And so, but he, so there he is asking a question and it just right. kind of opens the door because a genuine interest in knowing you know what we do and why we do that and uh um i think there are people that you know are interested and they want to know and i think uh oftentimes we can be our own biggest roadblocks to mm-hmm. not talking about mm-hmm. something that we think people might not want to hear about but in right. fact they do and uh so i guess that's kind of my tim dominic story and you know as it relates to lunch hours mm. and, and so forth that's awesome great story Stephanie, you were, obviously you have the most significant job on the planet, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, and that's just with your husband and then whatever with the rest of them. Um, But you were a teacher, and uh, I'm sure you have some thoughts about this, our teacher, right? But, uh, you know, working in a Catholic school system, are there challenges for Catholic school teachers sometimes to be leaven in their school? I believe that too often... um, let me say this, and I'm not just saying this because it's the nice thing to say, but uh, here in the Diocese of Toledo, we know of, of many very uh, in-it-to-win-it Catholic school teachers, um, and everybody has room for growth, right? So that being said, a challenge to everybody to go deeper, but I think many and for so often um, the faith was relegated to that piece of the school day for religion class and there were so many other subjects right you got math and history and english and this that and the other thing and um very rarely did many teachers 
cross over and allow faith to infiltrate the classroom other than some of them would start with a prayer or whatever but um the most beautiful effective teachers that i ever came across in the buildings that i taught in were those who made it a part of their personal um life and journey and the way that they taught and the way that they uh, interacted with the kids with a real genuine um, respect and saw them as what they really, who they really were as sons and daughters of God and that they were given that great privilege um, to teach with the thought in mind that these aren't just bodies but souls that the Lord desires to be in heaven. So in the part that they have the privilege of playing in it. So, um, but that would inter- intertwine whether it was using sentences that kind of taught the faith a little bit or, you know, even discussions that brought things up or um, so many, many different aspects. But um, so I guess that would be both a, a shout out to the teachers who do that and a challenge for those who maybe are afraid to, the kids want to hear it. The kids want to hear it. The kids need to hear it. They desire um, to encounter Christ in every single way, but also to be given permission that it's not just something compartmentalized, but it should flow three, free, flow freely um, through it all. And I need to um, do two shout outs-ish. They're not really shout-outs, but... Can you come up with a different phrase than shout-out? Ish is okay. Joseph's pointing to himself, so I'll just shout-out to Joseph, because sometimes I just shout at him, but I will shout-out for him. Versus shout-at. That's right. Preposition makes a big difference. So, Terry, as I was listening to your beautiful stories about faith in the workplace, and I was thinking about um, a person who's on one of our core mission teams who's a nurse in one of the local hospitals here and um she just shares some beautiful stories about you know the the opportunities that the lord blesses her with that she has grown more bold in proclaiming the faith and kind of intertwining more and um and in nursing care there are so many opportunities right to be jesus but also to you know, to use, and your wife, I know, I know does it you're so You're stealing my story here. I oh. told you I had, like, a great story <laughs> to tell you. You're, you're stealing Sorry. my best inspiration. Okay, but, but so I'll on. stop there, and I'll let you pick up with Lori, but, because I don't know, but, she, um, so this beautiful young lady, who I'm speaking of, always wears a cross, mm-hmm. and um, she says that she, she's talking to people, whether it's a fellow worker or a patient, she often, and she does it when we're with her too, you know, kind of plays with the cross around her neck. But she has shared that on more than many an occasion, it's that cross, the witness of that cross that she wears around her neck that has been used to draw people in, to ask a question, to come to her um, for a supportive word, or you know, in in some way the Lord has used that. It's kind of like an antenna, right? <laughs> kind of tuning it in. So oh, before you jump to your story. Actually, you can be my my buffer between this one and my next little affirmation. So go ahead. Oh, give us you your see we had story numero quattro. Or something like no, that. no, no, no. Okay. Um, well, yes, this uh, uh, that's, a, that's a great lead-in because, um, yes, the person that I'm most inspired by uh, having faith in the workplace and and she may not even say, hey, I'm, I'm intentionally doing this or not, but it is Laurie and... Um, your wife. My wife, she's been a nurse for uh, quite some time, and I've had the opportunity to take the kids in the doctor's office, perhaps, when she worked at a doctor's Mm -hmm. office. She's done virtually everything in nursing, but um, in recent years, she uh, administers chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. 
and um, I have not been in the workplace with her while she's doing that, but I know that uh, she's the face of Christ to people because when we're out in public, uh, people I don't know, um, we might be with the family at a restaurant, people will come up to her and hug her and introduce her to their families, mm. and I was like, who's that? Oh, that's one of my patients. It, Beautiful. It, and uh, this isn't a uh, once in uh, six months occurrence. This is very routine, and you know, and I you know, it just floors me that um, these people, you know, oh, there's my nurse, there's Lori, and, mm. and brings her family over and, and says, you know, here's the, here's the person I was telling you about. So awesome. um, without seeing what goes on there, um, I, I just know that uh, in, in the many nurses that are involved uh, in hospice and um, mm-hmm. uh in all forms of health care uh, really have that opportunity and so many of them do uh, bring their faith and, and maybe it's not even words uh, as much as it is in their actions and, and their kindness and their compassion um, so yeah she's she's definitely uh, the person that that I, I look to most is that example. That's awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. So a reminder to our listeners, call in 877-275-8098. Thanks. <laughs> um, if you have a story to share, because there are so many, and certainly as it has been touched upon, the workplace is where we play out um, in in concrete ways what we profess. So honesty, integrity, kindness, compassion, um, fill in the blank with all those things that would be considered attributes of living a Christian life. But what is always, um, I don't like to use the word impressive, but for lack of a better word, that puts real meat on the bones there, um, is when people in the workplace can proclaim it through words also. Mm. And I'm not saying in a preachy way, I'm not saying in a, you know, to use the infamous word judgmental way, but just that to proclaim it, to share a glory story, to ask somebody, what can I pray for you for? Mm. To say, God bless you, you know, and sometimes that's even hard for many people to do because it's like, you know, I know when I'm at the store and I, I say it and every once in a while, you know, as I'm checking out or I'm leaving for whatever reason, I'm like hesitant. And I think th- that's the time when the, those people need to hear it the most because the devil doesn't want me to say it. And how often the person looks at you and is like, thank you, or, you know, like however the Lord wants to use that. But to... um to share your faith through words also, because time and time again, you hear that that was a difference maker, that somebody needed um, not just to hear something, but to be challenged by something, or that opens up a door to uh, invite somebody to go deeper or to be even introduced to a relationship with Christ. You know, we are unfortunately... my story. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you do? Okay. Go ahead. Um, we are unfortunately on guard against... Um, that which might be called radical. First of all, we hear it equated with radical Islamic or you know whatever it may be, and that is a negative connotation, right? Um, but the gospel is really full of examples of the true understanding of radical, radical evangelization. The the root of radical radix literally means to be rooted, to be anchored, to be <clears throat> to find our foundation in something so convincingly that we are willing to communicate it to the point of death. 
And uh, I think the gospel and our church history bears witness to this call. And um, I think all of us, when we read these stories, we're moved by them, and we perhaps distance those people from our own possibility of experience. And so maybe a question for us right now, tonight, all of us listening is, Lord, how can I be more rooted in you? How can I be more anchored in you that it becomes so much part of the definition of who I am? Which is to say to have your heart of love for every person. To understand that he wants everybody to come to know him and love him. Do we really believe that? You know, are we really convinced that Jesus Christ, not just the name or going through the motions, but a real relationship with Jesus, are we really convinced that that is the only way to happiness? And I realize that that plays out on levels beyond our understanding and all that, but the the word, if it wasn't significant, we would not have words. We wouldn't have the Bible. We wouldn't have the catechism. We wouldn't have the mass. Words and, the, and connecting people's experience to Christ is the challenge of our day. That's the whole impetus for the new evangelization where, uh, you know, the Holy Father, John Paul II, and others kind of stepped back and said, hey, these words maybe have lost their ability to connect to the meaning. People are so used to Jesus or mercy or grace, and it means for them hypocrisy or just regurgitating memorized ideas. They're no longer, you know, powerful, if you will, in connecting people to those realities. Um, Here's a great quote from Pope John Paul II on Christa Fidelis Leici, one of his great encyclicals. The fundamental objective of the formation of the lay faithful, that's you and me, folks. So he's saying right right out of the gates, we ought to be paying attention. The fundamental objective of the formation of the lay faithful, whatever follows, listeners, He's here to tell us, St. Pope John Paul II, what we need to be focused on, he says, is an ever-clearer discovery of one's vocation and the ever-greater willingness to live it so as to fulfill one's mission. The lay faithful, in fact, are called by God so that they, led by the spirit of the gospel, might contribute to the sanctification of the world as from within, like leaven, by fulfilling their own particular duties. Thus, especially in this way of life, resplendent in faith, hope, and charity, they manifest Christ to others. Now, how many of us wake up when the alarm goes off and say, my fundamental objective is the sanctification of the world? How many of us wake up thinking about school, thinking about being a mom, being a dad, thinking about where we're going to go to work and the people we encounter and who we're at in a filling station? How many of us recognize the measure of our identity, the measure of our mission fulfillment when we stand before God? And quite frankly, our happiness on this earth is a degree to which we see all of that for this purpose of the sanctification of the world. You know, uh, last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was, we talked about the most recent ablaze with Father Matthias Thielen. Thielen? Did I say it right? We'll go with that. Thielen? Thielen. (laughs) Father Matthias. Um, And what struck me, many things struck me, but one thing that he said um, that I just thought was so challenging and beautiful was he was uh, talking about the beginning of his day and his prayer of, Lord, put in my path those that you want me to to meet or it it was much more articulate than that but kind of that whole Mm, thing of Mm -hmm. and let me be open to it right divine appointments like Mm. you know and certainly the lord blesses us it's not like you say that because you think you have it all together and don't need you know further sanctification or whatever but the whole idea of are we 
first thing in the morning and throughout the day reminding ourselves that the Lord desires to use us to bring sanctification to the world, to bring sanctification of our own lives, and to avail ourselves to those people around, to be open to it, to open our eyes. We go through our days, we, I'm including myself in that, so often with our eyes half open at what the Lord desires to show us, you know, and how he desires to use us. And um, we're so focused on what we see as, you know, what we need to get done, what we would like to do, what, you know, all these tasks kind of things, and certainly their responsibilities. But do we go at it with a joyful anticipation and expectant faith of what the Lord desires um, to do to us, with us, and in us? And that's just a powerful thing if we can embrace it. God bless JP too. Are we someone else's testimonial? Are we part of their testimonial story a year down the road? Do we take advantage of the opportunity to be that, that odd, weird, totally unexpected place in a shopping market or in work that somebody cared enough to say, hey, you know, how you doing? Can I pray for you? What can I pray for you for? Or, you know, um, you know, see your cross, however that might bring up a conversation about something and a risk. I find in my life, my young 48 years of history, that... Uh, 49 by, in a week. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, that, that the risks that I take, the grace that flows is proportionate to the risks that I take. The grace that flows in my life is almost directly proportionate to the degree to which I overcome fear, because fear is always there. What are people going to think? Think right. whatever. It, 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 you know, it's directly the grace will flow in the presence of fear if we choose beyond that fear to take that small step of faith. Folks, you're tuned in to Ignite Radio Live over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. We're talking about leaven in the world. We're talking about being open to being you know, instruments of God's grace to sanctify the entire world, to reach the whole world for Jesus Christ. And he custom appoints us to the families, to the relationships, to the workplaces to do that. Think about that. You don't need a letter that floats down from a balloon on high with your name on it and God saying, I custom assign you to this family. Believe it. He has custom determined your circumstances and he's given you your mission to claim those places for Jesus. And um, I know it sounds really scary, right? I mean, what does that mean? A lot of words. I might suggest that the first step in thinking about this more deeply um, and being more fully instruments is simply think about the people that are closest to you and in work, I'm thinking particularly, but home would probably be the higher level. Are we praying for him? And even one simple prayer. Let's keep it super simple. Doesn't need to be complex. Think about your spouse. Think about your brother or sister that you see often. When's the last time you said, Lord, give me your heart for Steve, for Julie, for John, for Cassidy, for Lori, for Steph. Give me your heart. Help me to see what you see. Help me to feel what you feel for them. Help me to enter into the world the way you entered into our world. I'm convinced that that simple prayer opens up the floodgates to everything else because we start to feel what that person feels. We start to see them in a new way. It gives us a boldness because we're, you know, there's a supernatural thing that I think can go on there where we can speak the word of life to them. We can speak in a way that, that you know, and, and this maybe raises the question of, of the barrier. What stands in the way, you know, of that? What stands in the way of our praying for that person? Um, maybe we're not aware that we're called to be instruments, but I think the enemy, what would the enemy do? He'd, he would make us consumers. 
He'd present before us all kinds of things that I need to consume. I need another product. I need another, you know, you know, Starbucks coffee. And even like religious consumers. In the book Rebuilt, now isn't that an interesting concept? This consumer culture that we read about and this book Rebuilt, a pastor's journey, a Catholic pastor's journey uh, to seeing his parish come alive. If you've read it, you may agree with everything or nothing. You know, I, I see great questions being asked in that book. I'll give you that much. That he asks, he's asking the right questions. And he's accurately, I believe, portraying our culture as a consumer culture. And religion can become a consumer thing. I consumed my retreat. What difference did it make a year down the road? I consumed my book. What difference did it make in your life? Are you more loving, more merciful? We consume these things and we feel good about it. But are we saying, Lord, let me be intimately united with you in holy communion. May, may I be one with you. May the Eucharist and the power of the Eucharist at Mass move me to have your heart for those people around us. That made me think also, Greg, there's another great book called Divine Divine Renovation, which I think is a phenomenal um, book and and, uh, and just kind of painting that portrait also of where we're at and some beautiful steps in a very good, holy way that we can take to truly become um, the the answer to so many problems in our parishes and, and whatnot. But Father... Um, James, I can't think of his last name, but at the very beginning of the book, he uses the analogy of, um, he's from Canada, and he's talking about the Titanic, and um, mm-hmm. which there's mm-hmm. the big museum there, whatever, wherever he lives, and he had this analogy came to him one day when he was looking or reading about or thinking about um, the great tragedy of so many people who died because those who were in the lifeboats and there was plenty of room for other people, but they just kept going. And he draws the comparison of how many of us do that in our own lives. Like, we have been blessed with the faith. Um, we've been blessed with so much, and, and there's so many people around us, and we're just afraid that we're going to offend them, or it's my own personal thing, or whatever. And yet, what was the great commission that Christ Jesus gave to us, to, uh, to all the world? I mean, that's, that's the purpose of the church. It's not to feel good and just consume. It's to bring others in to that relationship, to the sanctification, to salvation of souls. That's the main thing. And too often we get comfortable in those lifeboats. Again, as so many around us are drowning and flailing and we're good to go. And, you know, and we the gospel kinda, this past Sunday, right? The poor Lazarus at the feet of the rich man. And in so many words, it ought to open our imaginations to think about this. When we face our maker, and we don't know if that's tomorrow or 10 or 50 years, we don't know. We were just at a funeral of a beloved friend this past weekend, and it makes us mindful, right, of a life well-lived or not so well-lived or somewhere in between. He lived a beautiful life. My mentor, big brother, best friend, Monsignor Bible, called home, age 79, uh, just a beautiful saintly soul in my life. And uh, just I, I, I couldn't stop crying streams of tears throughout and and sadness but no joy of a life well lived Um, but we will face our maker and I wonder sometimes if we'll be presented with all of those people that we were around and have to hear them say why didn't you tell me why didn't you tell me Maybe we'll see that vision in our life of those moments when we were near them by them maybe they were in our own home Maybe they were in our places of employment or our work. I mean, that's what I think that um, encyclical uh, 
um, passage is so powerful that we exist for the sanctif- sanctification of the world. And we're called in those moments to be God's heart, to be his hands, to be his, his voice. And again, it has to begin, maybe it isn't just well-rehearsed words that just are external and meaningless. Um, it has to begin with having God's heart for them. Folks, you're tuning in to Ignite Radio Live. We're talking about leaven in the world, being God's grace, and the challenge of it. But uh, hopefully from this moment forward, an open door for us to pray with God's heart for those around us. Call in and share with us. Who has been leaven in the world for you? Who has inspired you to live it out in your uh, workplace, in the world around you? 877 877- Two seven five eight zero nine eight. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, and uh, on the other side, hopefully, some of you will call in and uh, kind of share with us uh, some of your stories. I'm very blessed to be with you on this night, and uh, we'll be back very soon. This is an Ignite Flash Fire moment. Right now, can you think of one person you know who's struggling, in need of knowing God's love? If someone came to mind, God just spoke to your heart. We're going to light it up right now. Send them a quick message. It could be by Facebook, email, text message. Make it short and sweet. Simply tell them you were thinking about them. You appreciate them. You're praying for them. You're in it with them. That God loves them. If we respond to this simple flash fire prompting right now, together we'll move His kingdom a big step forward. Ignite Flash Fire is brought to you by MassImpact.us. Not just a moment, a movement. Did you see the Guardians of the Galaxy? Did you watch the Packer game? How's your portfolio? Pizza is awesome. What we talk about doesn't just reveal what's important to us. It reveals who's important to us. This week, take a risk to grow deeper. Consider throwing in one of these. What's your biggest challenge right now? Hey, what can I pray for you for? What can I do to make your life easier right now? How about joining us for Mass this Sunday? Yeah, and coming over for breakfast. Let's pray the Holy Communion we receive correspond to a holy community we live. This has been a Mass Impact Moment. Join the great adventure at massimpact.us. Games are something you play with a board, not with a soul. Let's not sugarcoat this. Satan is getting many to join him through a door called pornography. That door is everywhere a device is. The consequences are devastating. If you or those you love don't have filtering on your computers or devices, you're playing games with souls. You're leaving the door wide open. Please join us now in shutting that door. Go right now to massimpact.us. Click on Covenant Eyes. When you pray about how God might want you to be a steward with your tithe to make a big difference, please consider the work of Mass Impact, a dynamic Catholic new evangelization movement at the very heart of our church, making a difference in literally thousands of lives. Partner with us now in what recent popes have called the church's most important mission. Go to massimpact.us and click on the Contribute tab. Thank you and God bless. Welcome back to Ignite Radio Live. You're with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and our dear friend Terry here live in the studio. We are talking about 
um, Levin in the World tonight. And we encourage you to call in, 877-275-8098. You know who you are. And Terry just said, if you don't call in, we're going to be calling you. Yeah. <laughs> you got some things to say. That's right. Don't mess with Terry. Joseph is dialing now. I think. <laughs> and that's okay, too. Um, we remind you also what we spoke of earlier. There's going to be a wonderful three-night parish ignition at the awesome Holy Trinity Parish in Assumption, Ohio. Shout out to Father Dan Duran. October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Um, you can check out more information and sign up for free at igniteholytrinity.eventbrite.com igniteholytrinity.eventbrite.com Would love to have you. Empty, fill, overflow. There's an uh, adult track, a youth track. There'll be child care provided. Sunday evening, there's a dinner for you. Um, let's do this, people. Let's do this. We, so, sounds like uh, someone we've, was in, afraid. we've intimidated somebody to the point of calling in. Good Catholic guilt always works. Phones ringing off I'm the hook. You Unbelievable. Wanting to share that leaven in the world. Just a quick comment, too, on leaven in the world. You know, there bread. are many. I like bread. Eleven in the bread. Eleven in the bread. Eleven. 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 No, eleven. Eleven. Um, I'm eleventh child, so I like to use that number nice. when I can. Thank yeah. you. Eleven in the eleven. Good blog for you. Eleven. Eleven. Well, no, my name that I like is. You guys ready for this? We're listeners? detracting. I'm I know. detracting. I'm just waiting for Joseph to be able to connect the caller through. Um, child eleven, mom of seven. Sweet child of mine. Nice. Hey, Mike. That? Welcome to our program, Ignite Radio Live. How are you doing tonight? I am wonderful. I'm always wonderful. Awesome. <laughs> Boy. We didn't I'm, practice yeah, that. Yeah, so <laughs> Hey, Mike, you've been, have you been listening to us, and what strikes you tonight? What do you want to share? I listen to you uh, every time I come to Indiana. I'm from North Carolina. Awesome. There's not, there's not a lot of uh, Catholic radio channels in North Carolina. I drive a truck for a living, so... The radio is kind of my best friend, right? What an image! I love it. I was here. Uh, the, I was here. The song "Convoy." Do you remember the good old song "Convoy"? Yeah, we got a big old no. convoy. Sorry, <laughs> okay, I'm it's embarrassing Mike's myself. Turn. Sorry, it's Mike's Mike. Turn, Greg. <laughs> I've been around a while. As a matter of fact, my favorite people in that in that song were the eleven long-haired friends of Jesus and a chartreuse microbus. Oh, I love nice. it. We're nice. <laughs> So, no, I mean the hippies back in the sixties, right? That's right. But I love those guys. Awesome. And they changed the world. Yep. Yep. The hippies in the sixties changed the world. That that brought love to the forefront, and, and, it, and it got perverted, just like everything else in this world becomes perverted. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, I've had several people in my life. I've been drawn to Christ since I was seven years old. Beautiful. One day. One day, coming home from Catholic school, I went to parochial school till uh, we lost our our. We had a uh, like a scholarship because I had four sisters and two brothers, mm. so we had a scholarship to go to a parochial school because it was so expensive. Well, my father he got a couple raises, started making more money, but he couldn't afford to pay the school tuition for all seven of us. Mm-hmm. So we lost our scholarship. And uh, I started going to a county school then. But that's beside the point. Well, the point I was trying to make is when I was seven, my father picked us up from school and on the way home, 
my older sister said, uh, the nun asked us today what we wanted to be when we grow up. And he said, well, that's great. He said, you know, what do you want to be? My older sister was probably 12 or 13, and I don't remember what she said. And my other brother, my other sister, they chimed in what they wanted to be when they grow up. And I was sitting in the back of the car between my brother and my sister. You know, I was, I was only seven, and I was just kicking the back of the seat like a seven-year-old will do, you know? Mm-hmm. And they said, what do you want to be when you grow up, little Mikey? And I said, I want to be a priest. Uh. And it blew their minds. They were like, oh, you don't want to be a priest. <laughs> you, you can't get married. you you got to take a vow of poverty. you got to do that. you got to do yep. all that. And I was like, well, you know, I don't really care. I want to be a priest when I grow up. You know, they didn't let it go. And, 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 you know, seven years old is the age of reason. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, when you're seven years old, you know what your passion is. You're not old enough to know that you know what your passion is. That, that That's what it is, but you know that at seven years old. Mm. That's why it's called age of reason. And inevitably, somebody will say, don't do that, or no, you don't want to do that. That's stupid. Mm. And you lose that. Yep, yep. And I feel like I have been called my whole life. Beautiful, Mike. As you were speaking about that, even as parents, uh, my wife and I early on, uh, you know, longer story, but just blessed in our, the circumstances of our finding each other in our courtship and our marriage and God very much a part of that and the grace of all that. Very blessed in a unique way. But we were very mindful of something, a kind of a connection to what you're saying, and that is expect from kids what they're able to do all the time expect from kids what they're able to do all the time how often do we undermine or discredit the ability of people as young as seven years old to have a dream to have a vision to sit at the table and just be well-mannered to look a doll in the eye to shake his hand to fold their hands to be in church to know that god speaks to them and quite frankly as you and i know with a sense of wonder and faith like a child as it says in scripture that surpasses our own praise god so praise god hey brother mike was that it and it was uh, certainly substantial. I'm, I'm glad you called in. Is there anything else you want to share with us? Well, I just wanted to say that uh, just because I never became a priest and actually mm. actually, I joined the Marine Corps became a Marine. And I was a Marine for several years. Thank you for serving and, the country. Uh, but, but I have always I've always my grandfather told me a long time ago he said, you know every breath that you take is a gift from God. Mm. So Every time you exhale, thank him for it when you're not doing something else. Great words of wisdom. So true. Mike, thank you so much for calling in and uh, we pray God's blessing upon you as you're on the road and even as you're passing people as we do in our family driving our car we say there are occasions of blessing there are occasions of, of praying for people we don't even know that whatever the circumstances are we don't need to know them God knows but even just driving down the road quote unquote just can be a phenomenal occasion of claiming the world for Jesus Christ of blessing the world for Jesus Christ and uh, so hey this song is we're uh, queuing up thoughts and comments I've got in the background for you Mike it's the Convoy song. If Joseph would turn it up. Well, I just I just need to remind our listeners also that um, certainly a very special, beautiful calling to the priesthood. Um, and uh, but as Mike was saying, oh my gosh! <laughs> Come on, this is for Mike. All right, all it those is truckers, for Mike. It's all awesome. those truckers out there, we're lifting it up. It's awesome. 
I feel like sacrilegious talking over it though but just that whole notion of those of us in who are in the lay world the laity here that we are also baptized into the priesthood of Christ not the sacramental priesthood but we are called to be priest prophet and king to those around us and how the Lord desires um, to use us in in those ways so Mike we know you're proclaiming it you're preaching it you are um, offering sacrifices and um, just living it in that priesthood of the laity and that's awesome awesome Terry you had some thoughts we're coming in for a landing pretty quickly here but a blessed to have you with us Terry taking that leap of faith and and giving witness you know we know it's a challenge for for Catholics in particular it just is we get the empty right confession which we should forgiveness apology confession and a sacrament and we get fill we get you know receive the word of God at mass and above all source and summit the Eucharist we get being filled what we don't do so well with is the overflow to go in peace to love and serve the lord doesn't mean go and watch football and just chill it means go to be an instrument of this grace that you've received because you know how important it is you know how valuable it is you know you're going to stand before your creator one day and he's going to hold you accountable and you're going to be confronted by this host of people who either receive you with open arms thank you for proclaiming and doing what you could do or hey you were by me why don't you say something why don't you do something um all right, I know. A little bit of a challenge, a little bit of the... Anyway, go ahead, Terry. What thoughts do you have for us? Uh, well, as we were talking earlier, um, you had mentioned fear, and I think a lot of times, um, even if they're not superficial fears, and, and, and perhaps if we're blessed to be faced with something, you know, serious prosecution, uh, as you were speaking, you know, it. I was reminded that... Um, those are blessed. You know, Jesus blesses those who are persecuted for the sake of his name. Mm. And I think we can find uh, great comfort in that and, and hope in, in that promise. And so uh, for those of us that do encounter that fear, you know, if we can keep that in mind, um, I think uh, we're certainly rewarded when, when we realize that uh, there was no cause for it to begin with. Thank you, Terry, and I, I am challenged by this before God, um, that the suffering, the discomfort that we uh, will face in life is not just by chance, but Jesus chose it. He chose it. It wasn't just his A plan was people surrounding him in a majestic, worldly, earthly kingdom. It was him getting down on his hands and knees and washing feet. It was him suffering and dying on a cross. That was his choice that he endured every moment of his life, and he calls us to come and follow him. And so maybe even tonight, uh, for those of you who might be suffering in a particular way, know you're never closer to Christ than in your suffering right now. Believe that you're meant to hear these words. Whatever you are suffering, whatever discomfort, physical, emotional, relational, you are never closer to Jesus Christ than in your suffering. That in him it is an occasion of sanctifying the world. Like the little flower, it's not like she had a ton of megaphone to the world around her. But we we honor her as patron of, uh, of missions. Everything she said, she'd do the smallest thing with the greatest love. We know this in our heads, but, you know, let's just enter into prayer now, and we're going to lift up our intentions here, because I'm moving in prayer mode here. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we desire for more than concepts, but your Spirit alive in us to live this faith, to really believe that we're close to you in our suffering, we're close to you in our discomfort. 
Give us the conviction, God, to know that this is not just by chance that you allow us to go through the struggles we're going through right now, but they are custom designed for the sanctification of the world. Lord, give us your heart for those around us. Give us your heart. Give us your heart that we might be moved to understand what words you want to speak to them through us, what actions you move us to take for them with your heart of love. We join Robert in praying for the continued healing of Yvonne, and we do join him in lifting up the upcoming charismatic conference for its success and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in an ever deeper way. Lord, we join Brenda's prayer for unity in her parish. And also for her father, Carl, Donna C., and her husband, Jack. Whatever those needs are, we lift them up to you, Jesus. Lord, we pray for Mary's intention of her friend's mother who is in respiratory distress. Lay your healing hands Mm -hmm. upon her right now. We unite with Julie in praying for her mom's CT scan on Friday. And Michael Puppas prays for his confirmation class. We join them in prayer in the whole St. John, the 23rd community. We join Gigi in uh, praying for conversion and healing for her family, for Natalie, for the sale of their house and friends and their uh, unborn child issue. Uh, we join Kathy in praying for the upcoming election. Tom in praying for Augie Waymire, our classmate, stage four cancer. Candy in praying for an end to abortion. And Susan in her fight with Karen uh, in a fight with cancer. And all these things, Lord, in our hearts, we lift them up to you, Jesus, in confidence to the glory of your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.